Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you as always. What's happening today? New digs for you, John. I, I like this. You got you had to change locations. Uh, wife's working from home. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, I got it. I mean, I got the sailing picture in the background. I got a couple of, you know, sports equipment in the back for the YouTube, you know. Yeah. I think good. I think you did a great job of uh, jazzing that thing up. So <laughs> speaking speaking of which, if you have not checked out our videos on YouTube, every podcast episode is now video on there as well. Uh, which I, I think some people engage with and it's cool. I personally would like to see video. You know, if you're driving in the car, I would not recommend that, but you know, I'll do that. Check it out. Eyes of mindset on YouTube. John, um, we, we've been talking about some of the things we've been working on and how we've gotten better over the course of the last week. We talk about all the time, how we take something out of each episode and I don't think we share that often enough because it challenges us, makes us get better. Like what, what have you been kind of thinking about chewing on from something that we've heard over the course of the last couple of weeks that you've been working on? I think, you know, going back to the Evan episode a couple of weeks ago where he challenged us to, we don't always have to know how it's going to go. We just have to act, right? You have to just put yourself out there. And his story about going to Tijuana and not knowing what it was going to be like. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, well, now we're going to Paris and now it's evolved into this thing. And I think that's for us, you know, we're working on some different things and we've talked about a lot of things for a long time, like an online course for athletes or parents, um, a book, um, some of the stuff that we're doing the podcast. So I think it's the acting, you know, and actually taking steps to like, what is it, what does it mean to make an online course? I don't know anything about that. Right. But I've started to learn about that the last few days, just because it's, it's like, no, it's time to move. Right. It's time to make, take some steps tangibly toward getting us to that point. And, and the cool thing about it is that it's, I, I was so worried about it and I was resisting it for so long. And then once you, once you do it, it's like, there's this freedom. And then I start to learn stuff and then I get excited and then it's just snowballs into the next thing. But how about you? I mean, I know you've been busy, you've been traveling lots of teams and lots of personal stuff, but where are you at? I just, I think, you know, Evan, same, same interview, right? He kind of challenged us. Why, why does it have to be a grind? Why does it have to be hard? Like, you know, like you, we make it hard on ourselves. You know, that's the title of the episode. It's hard because we make it hard. Well, that's a mindset, right? That's who, that's what, what we work on is how do we approach? What's the lens? What's the frame through which we see things? And if you say, oh, I'm going to grind, like, all right, it will be a grind. But if you say, I want to be this type of person, you start to take action towards that thing and, and to try and bring some joy. I haven't been perfect at it. Trust me. Uh, so know, where, where have you, where have you seen that though? Or where, where has that been challenging you? Well, we we're moving and, um, speaking of new digs. Yeah. We're working, we're working on figuring out some of the decisions that are flooring and cabinets and all the stuff that it goes into doing a little renovation. And it's like, it can be overwhelming. By the way, yeah. I think that's probably a podcast episode. 
sure. I would love to hear your stories about <laughs> how you are making those decisions. Cause I've been there like Hannah and I, my wife and I have, have renovated several houses. And so we kind of have a system now, but you know, it, it is mindset. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. So. And so it feels overwhelming sometimes. And it's just like, actually we chose this, like this is a choice we made and we get to do this thing. Like we get to do it. It's, um, it's been a, it's been a framing challenge at times because sometimes it's frustrating, but, um, for me, that's been something I've been really focusing on working on and then trying to give that to teams also when I'm with them in person is to say, you know, this is a get to not a have to. So, um, so yeah, that, which brings me right to our podcast episode today with David Walker. I was, this was a get to a hundred percent opportunity for me. Um, it is so encouraging to talk to like-minded people, man. And, uh, and that was a gift that he, he gave us cause, um, they, they do some awesome stuff. Tell me about David a little bit and what they're about. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a co-host of, uh, the iron horse podcast. If you are out there searching for it, he and, and one of his buddies, Brandon Carr, who played for the, played in the NFL for a lot of years as a free agent currently, but, you know, they're, they're about growing athletes beyond the field and growing character. And he talks a lot about kind of their process and how they got started. And in terms of like, this is what we want for our kids. And, and, and then it evolved into, into some different things, but certainly like-minded, we align with growing athletes, but also growing people, you know, living eyes up and eyes up mindset is yes, we talk a lot about sports but that's because we believe that that's one of the best vehicles for learning some of these things, but it's not the only way. Right. And living eyes up is about getting better and growing every day and challenging yourself and growing the people around you. So David Walker certainly does that with us. Um, he's got a lot of other accolades, you know, he played football at Oklahoma. Um, he's done a bunch of other stuff professionally. He's a really cool dude. Um, and so check that out. That's all in the show notes. Um, and then go listen to their stuff. So we talk about getting better. We would love to hear about how you're choosing to get better. We shared a little bit of the places in our life, go onto our Facebook group, eyes up mindset family, share something on Twitter, on Instagram, eyes up, any of that stuff. Come check us out. Let us know how you're choosing to get better and what you get to do to grow today. And hopefully one of those things is listen to our interview with David. So without further ado. David Walker. David Walker, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Awesome to have you here today, my friend. Hey, John and Jamie, I'm excited to be here, man. Anytime we get a chance to catch up with some fellow podcasters and uh, talk about some tangible stuff, I'm down for it. Yeah, so I've, I've been getting a lot of questions about like, hey, where do you find guests? How are you interacting with people? And I was telling people that you were coming on and it's like, well, you know what? You just start putting yourself out there. You start engaging with this whole new community, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I came across your stuff, a podcast group that we were a part of, started right. sending me some messages. Uh, you know, we share a common love of football and sports in general. And, and so, you know, it's just like one of those things where like you, you start putting yourself out there and you start building relationships that you would never have in, in, yeah. in other walks of life, you know? Yeah. It's like anything else you've ever done in your life. You know, you, you network, and, you know, when I was coaching college basketball and trying to get into the coaching world, it was the same thing. You know, you're going to conventions, you're meeting coaches, you're meeting people that are on their way up. 
and shaking hands and getting phone numbers and trading numbers and, and all of that stuff is important because every, every branch of everything has its own community and the podcast world is no different to that. So speaking of on your way up, sorry, Jamie, I'll let you come back in a second, but on the way up iron horse podcast, you're a co-host of that. I know you have a couple of podcasts that you're a part of, but tell us a little bit about iron horse, how it came about, kind of what you guys are about. Yeah. I'd love to talk about that. So iron horse podcast is, you know, kind of our tagline is it's a weekly podcast dedicated to building athletes for success beyond the game. And that sounds really clean and neat, but really the origin of that is, in uh, 2017, like December 2017, I signed up to coach my three-year-old at the time, Beckham. He wanted to play basketball, and he's, he's a, he was a coach's kid. He grew up. I just got out of college coaching, and he'd been around the team for his first couple of years of life at Harding University and wanted to play ball. Well, I'm looking at the Y, has a, a league that six-foot goals, three- and four-year-olds have. I'm like, hey, what's the worst that can happen? You know, we'll just get out there, get some videos and some pictures, and it'll be crazy, but it'll be fun. And it was crazy, uh, but we had a practice – and uh, we had one kid that didn't show up to practice. Well, the first game comes around and this guy comes up to me and says, hey, I'm Brandon. This is Austin. Uh, we weren't able to make practice. So I got his jersey, throw the jersey on. We got there and play. And Austin's pretty good, you know. <laughs> Austin and uh, Austin Beckham, they get a couple buckets each. And I'm like, all right, you know, it was a potluck team. So I just had my son, one other kid from his school, and I didn't know anybody else. But I was like, hey, I'll just show whoever shows up, I'll, I'll handle it. Well, after the game, a referee comes over to me that was calling the game. He said, now, mind you, we're in Dallas, Texas. Okay. That's where I'm at. And he says, uh, dude, you have Brandon Carson on your team. And I was like, Hey, my mom, I'm trying to play this cool. I'm like, uh, cause guys, I don't follow the NFL like that. I, I'm not like roster savvy on all the different teams. We had just moved to Dallas. I'm not, I wasn't a Cowboys fan. And I was like, well, in my mind, I played it back. And I said, well, there's a guy named Brandon that brought me his kid, Austin. Austin's last name's Carr. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he's on my team. You know, <laughs> I got that kid. So I, I, I go to the car, Google search real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. This kid's got a chance. So anyway, as the season would go on, Brandon and I started to develop a friendship. He would come and help me with practice. And we're very like-minded. We grew up in a lot of the same ways uh, with our parents. Our moms are teachers. Both of our dads coached us growing up. So we have the same things in mind for what we want for our boys and what we want for our kids and what we want for their peer group. So we started coaching flag football together. A little, he helped me with baseball a little bit. We did some basketball stuff. We basically had the same group of kids rotating through different sports. And what we found was at the age of four, five, six, and now they're seven and eight, is that we started to build community with that. And we started pouring into these kids where you know, we're, we're holding them accountable to stuff and, and teaching them things that aren't just uh, performance related. And that's, that's things like eye contact, body language, how you respond to coach, how you respond to your teammates. Um, you know, are you, are you getting mad? Are you asking for the ball all the time? Starting to just like nip those things in the bud early because I think that's the kind of stuff that we've seen in our careers. His much longer than mine. He's on year 13 in the league. But we've seen this over and over and over is there's so many athletes that everybody pours into them on the field, but their character can't support their talent. So what we've decided to do with our boys, the teams that we coach and the athletes we train is that we want to provide them a holistic approach to athletics, a holistic approach to, to development. And so the podcast exists to do that in a way that's tangible that we can bring on guests to talk about certain topics that can be an educational piece for parents, coaches, and athletes to start to develop those outside the field skills that we know they need not just to be the best they can be within their teams, 
but when they're dads, husbands, employees, they can take all that and, and transfer it well. Yeah, that's, I mean, in a hundred percent alignment with what our mission is at Eyes Up Mindset as well. And and one of the questions I keep coming back to when I'm working with coaches, and maybe you have a great answer for this, maybe you don't, but I'd love to have a conversation about it. Is like, how do you, as a coach, as a dad, as a as a business leader, actually develop the philosophy of what matters, right? What matters to us in this context, and what matters to our kids? You know, they they might be seven, they might be seventeen. Mm-hmm. But how do we want to give them and what do we want to give them? What are we going to prioritize with our time so that they're learning the stuff that you're talking about? Cause there is, I love you said their character doesn't support their talent. Yeah. Like, man, what a powerful phrasing. So how do we get to the point where we can support their character to bring out their best talent? Well, I think it starts with intentionality. Um, you know, we can say all these things and have these catchphrases and, you know, we're building athletes off the field for success beyond the game. That can be a tagline. And if it's only that, if there's not things behind it, then it's just lip service, right? So what that looks like to me is, you know, for me personally, I have to identify, well, what is my end game? What do I want for these kids, right? What do I want for my son? I mean, which is, that's where it really gets personal, right? It's my son's involved in this. What do I want for them? Well, what I want for them is to be able to have as much fun as they can playing sports. I want it to be as pure for them as possible but I want it to be so much more than a trophy that's going to sit in a box somewhere for years and and break off and fall apart and wither away. I want it to be something that, that is lasting and impactful in their life. And I want them to be able to utilize their abilities and leverage that into leadership roles. And so what I see is that sports is the best. There's a lot of things you can do in life to develop character, but sports is one that especially as it relates to dealing with other people, people that are different than you, people that grew up different than you, that look different than you. There's just really not another avenue that kids have that's as vast as that experience-wise, right? So what we've tried to do intentionally is our roster is diverse. We try to put them around kids that are different. And I think that's huge. You know, I grew up in Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. Um, You know, we're right there in the heart of uh, Indian country. And so, you know, I'm Cherokee. We're all the Cherokee nation right there, but there's just not a lot of diversity as far as, um, you know, being like in a Dallas Metroplex. So my kids grew up right off the bat with a different life experience, different worldview. And now it's like, okay, so how do we leverage that? Well, we get them out there together, work together, sweat together, compete together. And all those different things that that society fights over and, and gets divided over start to kind of seem very trivial when these are my friends and my teammates. Right. So there's that side of it. I think identifying what I want for my kids is, Above all, and I like the name of your, your podcast, Eyes Up Mindset, because it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, is it fix our eyes on things above. And so operating from a place, to, for me personally, that is, you know, what, is, what has eternal significance? Is it the outcome? Is it the scholarship we're hoping they get one day? Is it the career that they might go on to have? Or is it what's on the other side of all of this? And so I just think there's so much there. And one of the things I'm so passionate about as far as developing kids for, for their character to support their talent is I, I feel like, and I, I say this, you know, I don't want it to sound um, over the top, but I actually think that there's a lot of tragic things in our world, right? You don't have to look very far to find it. But one of the unspoken tragedies to me that people don't talk enough about are athletes that don't reach their potential because of their character. And the reason I say that that's an actual tragedy is because if you look at that, and you guys can probably think of a couple of players off the top of your head, um, and I played with this guy, gosh, he was awesome, but he was 
he was a, a psychopath or he was a problem. He was a head case. He's whatever. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe they didn't have the right guidance. Maybe they, you know, they didn't have the right people in their life to help steer them in the right direction. But when you, when I say it's a tragedy it is because who knows what their life would have been different or how their life would have been different if they were able to realize that potential and the generational impact that can have, right? I mean, guys that don't make it to the league that could have, that are, they're five-star guys and they don't make it to the league. Well, that could have changed the impact of generations. That's a tragedy, you know, and then they, they're, you know, they, there's just so much there. And so I think that's what we're trying to help, help avoid that for the kids that we're a part of. You said a couple of things and it reminded me of past interviews we've done. And, and you said intentionality one, but then also like this idea of just words, right? You have taglines, you have slogans. Our actual, our head football coach we had on, you know, one of our very first episodes. And that was his challenge to us is he's like, don't just let it be words, like live your life that way. And I think that's what you talked about. You said, this is what's important and here's how we're doing it, right? We're yeah. putting them in situations that make them uncomfortable. They see different things. They experience different things. And we're talking about different things that are important rather than just winning and losing. So I, I think, and then the, the other point, yeah. So it's don't let it be word, just be words. And then ideas without action are worthless, right? Mm -hmm. If you have the idea like, yeah, this is what we want to do, but you don't act on it. You don't yeah. do anything about it. Then great. Now well, it's just out there. And I'll, I'll illustrate that with, with uh, one, one example. So we've got a kid in our, in our team unit that again, we've, we have about a dozen kids that kind of rotate between the sports. Not all of them play everything, but we've had about a dozen kids. We work with 10, 12 to 15 kids. And there's one kid that we've had that identified himself early as a really good athlete, but you gotta, he's, he's got knucklehead tendencies, right? So we got to always keep our eye on him. Got to watch his, how he responds to stuff, but his parents are hundred percent bought in that they want us to structure him. They want him to have discipline. They want us to be, to coach him hard because they see this as an opportunity for him to have a different voice and, and be led. So we have had to take that seriously. And it's not just him. We have all these other kids that will do things that, you know, during practice or games where it's like, Hey, you know, if, if coach calls you up and we're taking a knee and you're looking off in the clouds and not making eye contact, go run and touch the tree and come back. And we set that example early because at some point people are going to hold you accountable to stuff. And if you, if you wait till you're in junior high and high school to figure that out, you're way behind. So we start nipping that stuff in the bubble with this one particular kid. We've had situations where uh, in a baseball game, he, he wasn't responding. He freaked out about a call that umpire made in a first grade <laughs> baseball game. So I'm like, I'd, I'd put him in right field as a, as a punishment. Well, he ends up throwing a kid out at home plate. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, and he's so excited. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be a punishment. He just made like a web gym. Okay, cool. Uh, but then, then we get to basketball season and he was complaining about referees. And he, he had like a meltdown on the court. And I told him, I was like, listen, if I ever hear you say anything about referees or freak out again, well, a couple of weeks later that happened. And I basically said, like, we got to the parents and said, hey, like he's gonna have to sit out a game. Like we literally suspended a kid for a game as a first grader. And it's, it's that kind of stuff that man, that might sound extreme and all that stuff. But to me and, and to Brandon, like we look at that as, no, 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 we love this kid enough that we're going to be hard on him right now because if we allow it to, to continue to go on, then he gets in junior high and high school and it's somebody else's problem, his junior high coach, his high school coach, and they're looking around thinking like, man, why can't this kid just get it right? And if we could fix that for him today, then, you know, we don't have that tragedy that he's a great athlete that has character and he was taught early that, hey, I can't act these ways or, I'm, or I don't get to play. 
Like there is a cost to my actions. And the earlier we can teach kids that, the better. And that, so that's where, when I say it's not just lip service, like we're going to do things that are outside the box. And if that means suspending a kid as a first grader, we're going to do that because we feel like it's important to save him from himself down the road. We, I, I coached track for a, a period with a guy who's a legend in Minnesota track and field. You know, he's been coaching track for 60 years. And he always said this, if we aren't paying attention to you, something's wrong. If totally. we are paying attention to you, like that means we care about you. We're in on you because you invested into us and we're investing back into you. If we don't, if we aren't giving you attention and that might be really challenging attention for you at a given time. Right. And I, I think about that in our professional lives, in our personal lives, right. If we aren't investing in our relationships, if we aren't investing in our, in our improvement, in our growth, like that's, that's a bad thing, right? When we aren't giving it attention, that's a problem. When right. you're getting attention and being held accountable, like you said, that's a good thing. It might not feel good in the moment, but it's got that generational impact that you talk about. And I love that you said, you know, it's, yeah, we talk, you know, we're not five-star guys. We, we play division three football. And, like, mm -hmm. and honestly, there's a generational impact that that experience had on me, right? Yeah. It's, it's impacting my daughter right now that, mm -hmm. that experience changed me so much that now it's changing the life of my child and any other future children and their children, because it had, it's not about financial generational impact. It's about who I am as a man yeah. and yeah. how I stand up to be a parent and no the doubt. mental side of the game. And like all of it, all of it has come back from a coach, a mm -hmm. leader holding me accountable. And I can think about millions, maybe not millions, but hundreds of opportunities where that was real. And I didn't feel great about it in the moment. Yeah. Right. And so I, I love that because challenge is not supposed to be easy. <laughs> like yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. So, and, and we've had, we've almost created a world where challenges is inconvenient and unnecessary. And we don't, we almost want to avoid challenge because we want to put them in the league where they're going to get to to feel good and get little videos we can post on Instagram. And we all do that. So we're all proud of our kids, whatever. I'm not hating on that, but you know, when you, and you're right, like if a coach, when coach is not coaching you hard, that's when you should be worried. Right. And what, what I don't want to create the, um, the, the misperception that it's not just like, we're not trying to get all these kids to be professional athletes. Like that's not the end game here. Cause what you said is spot on, like playing division three football, like how that changed your life. And for me, like I walked on, and what I learned from that was I learned a whole lot more lessons by being a walk-on and having to grind than I probably would have if I was a five-star guy that, you know, had it all given to me and I showed up, with, you know, feeling like a certain way. But like we had a, a conversation with John Kittner recently for Iron Horse, and we're going to put that out here later uh, in the fall, but he's an NAIA guy. Played 16 years in the NFL as an NAIA quarterback. Well, he signed at Central Washington, not thinking he was going to go to the NFL necessarily, but he said, what well, he always talks about, he's a high school coach now. He said, I encourage kids that play football as long as you can, wherever you can, because it's one of those sports that you can't play forever. You can pick up a ball, you can throw, play catch, you play softball, play men's basketball, play golf, do all this stuff. But it's the lessons that you learn from being a part of a team, the character building stuff, all of that, that division three, division two, one, whatever that is, it's the lessons that you take. It's not the it's not the bowl games, it's not the trophies, it's not any of that stuff. It's what it does to you, how it shapes you. And so when I say it's a tragedy that kids don't realize that potential, it's whatever that potential is, yeah. you know, because like you said, an education and a life experience that we, that they rob themselves of by having bad character, that's a tragedy just as much as missing out on quote generational wealth of a big time NFL signing day 
or NBA draft or whatever those sports are. Cause there's, there's a currency that I believe in more so than all that other stuff, because to me, all that stuff's going to fade away. Right. And the, the currency that I believe in is the, the life lessons, the character building, the things that are sustainable, that the stock market can't change and the, the elections can't change and the, 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 you know, the social media trends can't change. It's the stuff that you learn that makes you who you are, that that's the stuff that I don't want these kids to get robbed of. So I'm, I want to go back. You talked about parents being on board. You talked about that specific athlete and said, you know, these parents are on board. They want us to coach him hard. Is, is there something in kind of your coaching program or how you guys approach it in terms of getting that buy-in from parents and making sure that one, they're acting appropriately at the games, but also mm -hmm. like beyond the games. I was just at a, I, I live right next to the local high school here and I walked over there last Thursday and I was watching this game and, and in Montana, you know, they're allowing some fans, but it's not full. And so mm -hmm. it's just kind of the surreal experience and you can hear everything, you know, you can hear coaches, you can hear parents, you hear the officials on the field calling yeah. stuff. And so I was sitting there and, and the team that was winning, that was clearly the superior team, you know, they had one or two, I assume dads in the, in the crowd screaming at the officials, just belittle. And, and, and that's, I think that's a common thing sure. across America, right. In gyms, in, on football fields, wherever we somehow have this mentality that we can yell at officials some <laughs> and, and yeah, belittle they're, they're them not, and attack them. Yeah, they're, not <laughs> they're not human. Yeah. And, and I just kept thinking about, man, I don't know. I'm so thankful that my parents never, at least I never heard them do that. They might've done that. But so how do you guys deal with parents kind of in your program like that? And is there anything intentional that you guys do to kind of get that buy-in? Well, I think we've been fortunate that the, the families that we started with, we were pretty like-minded with, and we've been a little bit selective here in the beginning of, of doing so. And I think that what they see is it, it really is, they kind of play off of how we are and they kind of realize what's acceptable and not acceptable by how we lead. And so I think that's important that any youth program leader, well, I don't care what level you're coaching at. If you as the coaches don't set the tone for the culture and what's going to be acceptable, well, then it becomes like a, you know, who knows, it's going to be random how people act and different things. So I think we've created an expectation that that's just not how we go about it. And so the things that we do that are different than other little league teams maybe is, and it's not everybody. We see this some given where we are in Dallas, it's a little bit easier to pull this off, but we, uh, we circle up at the end of every practice at the end of every game and, you know, take a knee and say, and kids are holding hands. And again, like black, white, <laughs> Hispanic, we got different, different ethnicities present and we circle up and pray. And one of the, we'll let one of the boys volunteer typically to do so. And at the end of our spring season, I think their kids were like five or six years old. We lost our little championship, little Super Bowl flag football game. And the other coach was yelling at his kids and, and being like, you know, the stereotypical movie little league coach that is all about the trophy. And, you know, and we lose and we go out and we get the medals and we get the little runner up trophy. And we're bringing the kids up one, one by one, and all that stuff. And, and Brandon and I both address the kids and, and then we circle up on the, on, off the side of the field where the other games are going on. And we circle up parents, players, everybody, everybody circles up and we say a prayer like Brandon led a really, really uh, emotional prayer uh, at, there with, you know, parents and siblings and players. And I think it was in that day, I didn't realize it at the time, guys, 
But in that day, I realized like, wow, like we're doing something that's different here. It just, this feels different. And this is where, and we didn't make a big deal about, Hey, this is what we do. It's just, it just kind of happened organically. And our, I'll never forget like the next couple of days, we started just getting random texts and messages from parents saying like, Hey, we really appreciate that. We know like who cares if we won the game or not, because they can win the game because you guys are like, we won different things. Like we're, we're playing for a different thing right now than what the other team was playing for. And it sounds silly. Cause it's like, who cares if we won the game or not, but you're a competitor, you get out there, you're kind of like, you know, you want to win it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but it was really, it, it touched me in a way that's like, okay, what we're doing is resonating and we didn't have to be real showy about it and have some big, like, uh, you know, I guess summit parent summit say, Hey, this is the things we're going to do and not do. It just sort of happened organically. So that going forward, we sort of built an identity for what, you know, uh, we have trained to go beyond the game is our, our LLC TTG beyond the game. And what that implies is just what it sounds, you know, training to go beyond the game, leaving on the field, in the classroom, in your churches, communities, all those different things. So with TTG, like our philosophy on that is we've established what an identity of what we are. So as we start to build and go forward, work with more and more kids, that's going to be kind of the linchpin is like, this is what we are. This is what we're about. And we don't necessarily talk about it. We just demonstrate it, if that makes sense. Well, I think when you demonstrate it, it becomes that much more obvious when there's behavior that is counter to that. You know what I mean? So like when I was at that football game the other day, it's like one of the, one of the team's fans were yelling and screaming the other ones, you couldn't hear them complaining about the officials or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And it's just, and, and emotionally I had a response to that as a former athlete, as a former coach, you know, just thinking about, man, I just lose so much respect for, for that, you know? And, and when you worry about yourself, you know, you said, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to be showy about it, but this is just mm-hmm. how we go about our business. It just becomes apparent that it's different. And then I think, I believe people then gravitate toward that or they gravitate away from it. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. That's not yeah. how you want to live your life. You know, in the last dance, Michael Jordan says, Hey, if you don't want to compete like me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But that's not, that's how, that's who I am. Right. And it, and it kind of takes care of itself in that way. Right. Cause it's, I mean, we're doing things that are countercultural and if that's not for you, it's not for you. And that's okay. You know, it's like, like anything else. I mean, you don't, we don't want to, I used to tell this to players when I was recruiting at Harding University as a college basketball coach. It's it was a private Christian university. We had some rules that weren't weren't the coolest, you know. They had curfew and they had chapel they were supposed to go to and different things like that. And, and and instead of apologizing for all the things that we we do, it's more like, look, like this is what we do. We think this is great, and we think this is a great situation. We like how we do it. But if it's not for you, like we don't want to beg you to be here. You know, it's like if it's not a good fit for you, you shouldn't come and you shouldn't do it. And so. I think that's the approach that we take is if it's for you, if it's for you. And if it's not, then Hey, no hard feelings, but this is how we're going to do it. And the long game is so valuable in that, right? Understanding that there's a long game here. You know, I think about you guys starting at three or four and now your kids are seven. I, you know, I was head track coach for a couple of years, had wrestling coach for a couple of years. And it's like the long game understanding that it's not about winning right now. You know, it is as a high school coach, that's what a lot of people think. Right. But when you do the thing over and over and over and over again, you get this moment that you just explain is like, oh, it's this is landing. Mm -hmm. Like this is real for people beyond just me now. And actually, it's with our kids. And those kids have way more influence than I have. Mm -hmm. It's with my, you know, like even as a boss, it's in it's in the culture of our 
program and our business and our organization and the people on the ground have way more influence than I do. I just have to now uphold the standard. Yeah. Right? I, if I can do the standard over time, people buy in because they see, okay, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. And all these other people are influencing me to do it that way. Now we win. You know, now it's now the little wins that you're talking about, the text message from the parents, we're winning in other ways. Yeah. Those things come fast and furious. And it just reminds you, Hey, we're in this for the long game and yeah. it, it helps you refocus. And I think people struggle with that. They struggle with, I'm not seeing the results right now. Like fix your eyes mm-hmm. down the path, right? Yeah, <laughs> like eyes, eyes up to the next thing. Like that's, that's who we are. Eyes up to the next thing. Cause if you do it again with values from the beginning, like if you have a value structure that you believe in and you're a part of, like it's either for you or it's not. Like, mm-hmm. come join me if it's for you. And we're going to make this thing a community of people that, that believe it, love it, and are passionate about it. Yeah. And you, you alluded to this. You, you really have to define success for yourself. And I think that is one of the things that is really lacking in our society today. And there's comparison culture that everybody wants to be defining their success or allow others to define it for them. And we're so willing to let people give us a shallow version of success based upon their affirmation and approval. And I think anything that you're doing, I don't care if it's coaching you sports or your job or how you lead your family or your relationship with your spouse or whatever those things are, you have to determine what winning looks like and look at that scoreboard through that prism, right? You can't look at the scoreboard that everybody else is looking at. You have to have that scoreboard, that game that you're playing and that long game you're talking about. And it's those little wins. Like you said, that, you know, a couple other things that come to mind is, you know, some of that, that same kid that I mentioned, He's brought, you know, Brandon and I letters like apologizing. He, the, his parents had him write a letter and I had another kid do the same thing. That So we had a few different kids that bring letters. You know, hey, Coach Starr, I wasn't acting right yesterday, my attitude, whatever that was. And those are wins to me because it shows that the chain is catching and they understand like, okay, I didn't do that right. How can I come back and make that right? And then and we handle with them. We affirm them. Hey, appreciate the way you handled it. And we keep on going down the road. No hard feelings. We're not mad at you. We love you. All those kind of things. And we, and we, and we use that language. Like we're not afraid to say, Hey, listen, guys, we love you guys. That's why we coach you hard and we never cuss them. We're not treating them bad, but we're going to, we're going to not let them slip on stuff because we care about them. And I think that when you're dealing with young people is it has to be there that they have to know you care about them and you can't be too proud or too manly or whatever to use that kind of language with them. Because a lot of kids like that might be the only place they get that kind of affirmation, you know, and you can't take that opportunity for granted. So anytime you have an opportunity of influence, and you start to recognize it, sometimes you don't, you don't know it and, t- and it's too late. You, you missed the opportunity. You didn't realize the influence you had and you kind of blow it. But as soon as you realize you have that influence, lean into that and then really you know, value it and protect it because it, it is crucial. Not, everybody, not everybody's going to let somebody in to, to lead them. And so when you have that opportunity, it's just defining what success looks like in that role and then you know, play it out. And I think the other thing, that I got out of that, the kids bringing letters and holding them accountable and teaching them those skills. It also reinforces to them like one, it's okay to make mistakes. And you, because you made this mistake, you made a poor choice. Doesn't mean that you are that, you know, Jamie, you just talked to a team the other day about this, that failure is not about, uh, it's not about us as a human being. That's a choice that we made. It's a mistake that we made, but it doesn't define us. And I think that's exactly what you're reinforcing. And how cool is that that you're like Jamie said, as you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders, um, 
you're giving them those skills to hopefully build upon as it's like, mm-hmm. man, go out there and it's okay to fail. Cause you're going to, but that doesn't define you. Right. And then yeah. we got to move on. What's the next thing. Right. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Well, in, in beating yourself up over failures is really dangerous. And I heard this, this said, um, it was actually at Harding university in a chapel. I can't remember who said it, which maybe, maybe it's sad because it, it actually was impactful. So I wish I could give credit to who said it. <laughs> um, but he said something to the effect of, I learned, he said, I learned a long time ago not to beat myself up for my failures, because if I did that, I would be really quick to take all the credit for my successes. And I, and when I heard that, I was like, man, that's so spot on because so many times, like we have to remember that we are not the sum of our greatest moments and our worst moments. You know, we are, we are all of those things and all those things work together to shape who we are. And so you're right. Like showing them failing and and acting out wrong doesn't define you as a person. It's an action that you did that we want to bring you back in and we want to like help shape you and keep you going in the right track and let's learn from it. Let's move on. Uh, But you know, certainly uh, there's consequences that go with those things too. And in the earlier we, they can learn all that. Um, but you, one thing that I heard said, uh, Tom Luganville of ESPN had a, a fantastic point that as Brandon and I were having a meeting and talk about the podcast, the next day I'm driving to work, listen to ESPN radio. And this is back in February. And Tom was on there with Greg McElroy talking about the Under Armour All-American game. And he said, you know, we've been doing this for 12 years. We have the best players in America come down for a week and we put them through the ringer of all these different things we ask of them, meetings, they have to be on time for stuff, they have practices, they have all these different things going on. He said, and you can tell, but these are the best players in the country, so they all come down. You can tell right away, he said, after watching them for a few days, before the game is even kicked off on Saturday, you can start to go around the room and say, that kid's going to make it, he'll play right away, and that kid's not going to make it because he's got issues, he doesn't respond well to coaching, He's, you know, disrespectful. He doesn't make eye contact. His body language is terrible. He's late to stuff. He's, you know, he's not, not on time. He's not paying attention in film. All these things that have nothing to do with their ability. It's just all their character and how they conduct themselves. And I thought about that. I was like, man, you know, let that not be said of the kids that we are working with. Like, and, and what if we, you know, and in a lot of ways, I feel like we're kind of doing like a, an experiment in a way of a trial run. Like, hey, let's, let's, again, it's a long game. What if those kids that are at the Under Armour All-American game that are 17, 18 years old had when they were three and four and five-year-olds, somebody pouring those character traits into them for 14, 15 years, would they go down to Florida and act that way? I hope not. And that's our hope, you know, that we can try to nip that stuff in the bud, but that's real. And that's the tragedies we're talking about is these five-star All-Americans that they're going to go somewhere on a campus and fizzle out. And it won't be because they were amazing players. So I, uh, I think about the name of your podcast, Iron Horse, and Iron Right is toughness, right? It's this, yep. it's this thing that holds up. And then horse, you know, we had a coach that used to say, "Be a horse, don't be a jackass," right? Like, <laughs> be a horse, don't be a donkey, right? Right? Be the guy, be yep. the guy that people look to, and like you drive past a stable of horses, and there's regal, they're they're brilliant, they're tough, they're powerful, mm-hmm. and you're not talking about doing this with softness, right? You're not talking about we no. are going to like approach these kids with love and compassion and everything's okay. I think when we hear that word love or we hear like, you can't be masculine, you think softness, but when you like your, the name, your podcast is iron horse. It's Mm -hmm. the epitome of toughness. Right. And I, I thank you and Brandon for doing that thing because real men like show up with toughness, real character and not just men, men and ladies and, and, 
everyone. They show up with character and they, and they engage with toughness to do the hard thing today. Mm-hmm. But they understand that love is sometimes the toughest thing you can do. Yeah. And compassion and failure and all these things are demonstrations of toughness, not softness. And so for, from our podcast at Eyes Up to what you guys are doing with the kids, with Iron Horse, like we say thank you because you're promoting a similar mission to what, what we're about but also you're changing lives in the process. And that, uh, to me, man, good on you. Cause, cause that's the game, right? That's the game. That's the infinite game. We're all involved in is, can we change lives in the process and make generational change yep. for the people that follow? So, um, for us, for being on, thanks a lot. I don't know if John has something else to add, but all I could, all I could think about Jamie was kicking a kiss, right? So again, from our football program, we talked about love all the time. Our coaches told us they loved us all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And our head coach said, you know, it's, but it's with a kick and a kiss. Yeah. Sometimes I'm going to kiss like you because it's, it's soft. Right. And you need yeah. that. Yeah. And other times I'm going to kick you, not literally kick us, but you know, you sometimes we need a kick yeah. to get going and that's sure. not softness and that's love. Right. And that's clarity. And, and like Jamie said, that's, that's awesome that you're giving it to these kids and you know, we're, we work primarily with kind of high school age kids now and, and you can tell, like you said, you can tell the kids that show up that have some of these things already have been poured into them. Yeah. And um, it's really cool to see that continue to grow. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. And thank you guys for having me on, man. I, I love conversations like this. I, I love that, you know, the crossover that we have, the collaboration with the platforms and, and the similar mentalities. And, you know, I think there's just, there's just a real need right now in our society for people to just change their viewpoint on what's important. Right. And to really focus in like, like, I love you. I love your name of your podcast again, the eyes up thing, because there's so much navel gazing going on and we all feel sorry for ourselves. And we, we get discouraged by the news of the day or the headlines and the, you know, whatever's going on in the world, which is, I mean, a very long list. And so it's so easy to get so discouraged and beat down. But I think if we are able to be intentional and keep our eyes fixed, like you guys are talking about, stay, stay focused, stay positive, but yet, you know, lead with, with toughness and love. And, and yeah, that is part of what iron horse is about. And we're, you know, it's, it's building athletes to last. I mean, we talk about an iron horse built to last and that ties in with Proverbs 27, 17, which is kind of an anchor scripture to our podcast as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And so all of that conversations like this, like this is us sharpening each other and you know, people that listen, hopefully hope they take something from it, but it's just more having conversations with people that are like-minded and, and figuring out like, Hey, how can we, we have these same goals and dreams. How can we parlay it into something that makes change? So, you know, great on you guys for starting this podcast as well. And we'll definitely be keeping up with you guys as we go. Where can we find you? Where can obviously iron horse podcast, but where else on social can we, can we touch base with you guys? Uh, yeah. So on social media, on Twitter, you can find us at the iron horse pod on Twitter. Uh, Twitter makes us add the, the, the there. So at the iron horse pod on Twitter, Instagram at Iron Horse Pod, uh, Facebook. We got a Facebook page, search Iron Horse Pod, and you'll find us there as well. And then uh, myself, I'm on Twitter at D underscore walk seven four. So uh, I'm happy to engage and, and uh, share ideas. What, where can we get Iron Horse gear? <laughs> oh. You guys have one of the coolest logos that I've, I've ever seen. I love it. We got to, you got to be selling it somewhere, right? It, it, it's done. I'm, I'll, I'll hook you guys up when we're done. We'll, we'll get some, uh, get some swag sent out to you guys for sure. I appreciate that logo. Thought we, we had a good time designing that stuff. You bet. If you're out there listening, go check out their stuff. It's awesome. 
I, I mean, I don't even know that we're going to have to do an out, Jamie. I think David just did it for us, the challenge. <laughs> but uh, we usually do a challenge at the end. But um, awesome stuff. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks, guys. God bless. Does your character support your talent? That's it. That's the challenge. How do you support who you are with daily action? And then how do you give it away? How do you get better? And how do you get, make other people better in the process? Does your character support your talent? There's going to be some days where it doesn't. And how do and you then, respond? And then what do you do, right? Choose to live in such a way that your character goes before your talent. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>